Hi there, I'm Marco. Welcome to the Root to Seed Food Justice Podcast, a project of Community Food Initiatives. Our mission is to foster communities where everyone has equitable access to healthy local food. We believe that by sharing the knowledge to grow and prepare wholesome foods, people become empowered to feed themselves and their loved ones and strengthen their communities. Community Food Initiatives has been growing and sharing the harvest in Southeast Ohio since 1992. In a time when we all feel a little disconnected, it's essential we find ways to adapt and grow together. We're sitting down virtually with our friends and partners to learn about what it means to fight for food justice in Appalachia. Maria Martinez is the Executive Director of Community Food Initiatives and an interdisciplinary food system scholar. Marianne was born and raised in New England, but has lived all around the country. She's new to Appalachia, Ohio, and very excited about all the great work being done in the local and regional food system here. Marianne's focus, beyond the day-to-day oversight of CFI, is network and social system mapping of people, communities, and ideas to ignite discussion around issues of local and regional food systems, food insecurity, food justice and equity. Currently, that includes academic research on Athens, Ohio's Emergent Hunger Prevention Network during COVID-19. In addition, Marianne also brings years of expertise as a consultant for nonprofit and local government around childhood nutrition, substance abuse prevention, and other social issues, as well as practical expertise as a vegetable and livestock farmer in both for-profit and social enterprises. When Marianne is not engaged in work with CFI, or growing food in networks, she can usually be found running in the woods, playing Scrabble, or hanging out with family, friends, and pets. Ruth Detting, C-H-E-S-C-C-H-W, is the Director of Community Health and Engagement at the Athens City County Health Department in Southeastern Ohio. Ruth works with communities and health systems to prevent chronic disease and improve health equity in the county. The focus of her work is to improve access to healthy food, increase opportunities for physical activity, and strengthen systems to connect clinical referrals to community lifestyle change programs. These health improvements are made primarily through policy, system, and environmental change. Through her 20 years of experience at the health department, Ruth has learned that community engagement and shared decision-making are the keys to better health outcomes. All right, so we're here today with Ruth Dudding, the longtime president of the Community Food Initiatives Board, and Marianne Martinez, the executive director of Community Food Initiatives. And we're so excited to get to talk to you guys today. And I was wondering if we could just start with a bit of the history of CFI um, and just kind of thinking about what is Community Food Initiatives. Great. Well, I, if you don't mind me jumping in, I like the introduction of longtime president of Community Food Initiatives. Okay. I had to stop and think, how long has it been? Probably, um, wow, 2014, 2015, maybe? So, so that seems like a long time now. I guess it is 2020. So Community Food Initiatives is a local nonprofit in Athens County. And um, it's been around a long time. I think the beginning of Community Food Initiatives goes as far back as 1992. And I know a lot has changed over the decades, but there are some things about community food initiatives that haven't changed and that seem to be some pretty strong foundations. And, and first and foremost, this, um, this idea that food is a basic human right, access to healthy food is a basic human right. So there's always been a strong justice 
component to community food initiatives. And I think it's been why so many um, really fantastic people have been drawn to the organization over the years. I can say that, you know, you know, we don't have lots of money to share. I, I don't, I don't think we give people a lot of prestige, but I think people come and want to be a part of community food initiatives because of the really good work that it does. Right. And so um, again, yeah, over the years, community food initiatives has worked to provide local healthy food to people who need it the most. One of the core values is about equity or the mission. It's even in the mission to foster communities where everyone has equitable access to healthy local food. And justice is a core value. I think that's why community food initiatives lasts because people, so many people in Athens County align with that mission and, and know that that's an important work to be done. And there, we are fortunate to work with lots of different people and organizations in Athens County that believe in that work and, and support a pillar of it in some way. I think long, long, long time coordinators, collaborators have been, of course, Leslie Schaller and ACENET. Leslie is like the matriarch and really helped start community food initiatives. But there's, you know, there's this cast of local legends who have had their piece in helping build this foundation that is community food initiatives. Um, many of you know Rhonda Clark. She um, is a local farmer and really helped develop some, some pretty solid programs for community food initiatives. But, but our county commissioner, Chris Schmeels, has been a part even before Rhonda. Um, and we know Mary Nally, many people know Mary Nally as a, as a strong personality for community food initiatives. And she's continuing to, to work for community support in her new role at the university. So everybody has kind of branded, you know, left their mark and their addition to what community food is today. And I'm really excited with our, even our newest executive director, Mary Ann Martinez, that we get to uh, hear from today too, but she too, I think, I think her, um, her, I think significant contribution to community food initiatives is really going to be this development of social justice. Even though, again, it's been a part of community food initiatives the whole time, I think under her leadership, we're really going to see um, communities solving their own um, food access issues. And we're really excited about that as well. So things like working with community groups. I was looking at some of the history in 1999, um, Community Food Initiatives was working with uh, the correctional facility in Nelsonville. They've been doing lots of workshops. They've worked with ATCO. Uh, and again, lots and lots of history of working with community organizations. Even today, Live Healthy Appalachia, the health department. So there are lots of community players that kind of contribute and, and work along with community food initiatives in kind of building this culture and value of local food and equity and access. So how's that for history? That's great. <laughs> when do we stop? I could go on for hours. <laughs> That's only yeah. one. Yeah, we could do the whole podcast actually on the history of community food initiatives, but we won't. I see that there are other questions, so. Right. Yeah. You know, and 
Ruth pointed to the fact that, um, you know, they built it and they come and so many people um, are attracted to community food initiatives, you know, as members, donors, volunteers, and that's what makes the mission possible and what's made it possible, you know, throughout all these years. And uh, Ruth mentioned Leslie Schaller in ACENET and uh, our offices are, are in an ACENET building um, in two locations, both in Athens and in Nelsonville. And I think the original plan of CFI back like in the early 1990s was that it was gonna be a producer's association of ACENET. Um, but then it started to move in this other direction because of leadership and vision. And that vision was to teach local community how to garden and preserve their bounty um, and you know, to distribute local healthy food to folks in need. And that really, that has become the kernel of um, CFI as we know it now. I was actually in Vermont when I first heard about community food initiatives through a colleague um, who's gone, grown to be a great friend, Lisa Trochia-Balkis. We were in a cohort working on our master's in sustainable food systems. And, you know, I was constantly bragging about the food system in Vermont. And, you know, slowly but surely, I started hearing more about Athens. And then, you know, years have gone by now. Um, but this position opened up when Mary Nally moved on to work at OU. And Lisa's like, you really got you really to look into this. You should apply for this position. And that same day, two other people sent me the listing. So I went down, met the board, and fell in love with them. And I think that really speaks to, I had no plans to relocate to Athens, Ohio. Um, I think it really speaks to the, the depth of CFI. It's, it's, it's an institution. I don't think people could imagine Athens without it. Well, it sounds like you guys are talking a lot about the work that CFI does, and it sounds like there's a lot of work to be done. What kind of work is CFI doing? Wow. Well, the way I would answer is that, that is, what don't we do? <laughs> CFI does a lot um, with the help of many, many partners. You know, Ruth had mentioned a few of those, and I think um, I'll be mentioning more. I mean, basically what we do is we work towards an equitable local food system where everyone has access to food um, and healthy local food. And at the same time, which is a little different than traditional food distribution, we really make sure that the work that we do is helping to support the local economy, the residents and the people that live there. Just technically, I'll tell you, so we do have three streams of programming. And one is that donation station um, mm -hmm. program, which is the food distribution. And so the goal of that program is to reduce food insecurity, you know, while at the same time supporting the local economy. And then we also have a lot of programming like our um, gardens program, our discovery kitchen. And really the purpose of those programs are to create pathways for learning and to support self-sufficiency and, you know, really bring people on board to be able to help to take care of their own community. And that can just take so many different forms. And then the third, um, in, you know, as Ruth mentioned, there's always been an equity and justice focus, but it hasn't really always been reflected in the programming or, you know, the, the things that we're doing with programs and people. So we have had a program called SEO Food Link and started a program called Nourishing Networks. Working on that programming, 
a couple of years ago with a, a and again another Vista Paige Klunk who came on board and took that program over. And the focus of those program are really food justice. It's about engaging the voices of advocating for community members who don't have access to food because of barriers in their communities. And those barriers can look very different. You know, they could be location, unemployment, disaster. This region has certainly had its struggles. So I think that that third wing, I'm going to call it, of program is really important. And I hope that we can continue to grow that. But really, I think in the community, people know our donation station program. They know our community gardens. They're beginning to really know the the school garden program. Um, And we're hoping that our social justice program, SEO Food Link and Nourishing Networks, will also grow to be strong facets of our, our organization. It was really exciting because it makes me think of when you said, what don't we do? I feel like um, that that was in the early days, you know, there were some real concerns about how do we organize the work of developing or, or making progress with food justice and equity. And so defining those pillars and kind of sharing the work with other partners has just been kind of the growing process for CFI and the development of, of food equity work in the area. Awesome. So we've gotten into this a bit already, but as you've been mentioning, just wondering what some of those key partnerships that CFI has in Southeast Ohio are. Yeah. Um, I can. Let, me, let me just, I know that you're going to rattle off a list, but I was just, <laughs> if, if CFI had a sibling, it would probably be rural action. Would, would you agree? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So I guess the place to start would, would be our Appalachian Accessible Food Network partners. So as Ruth mentioned, that's Rural Action. Um, without Rural Action, we wouldn't be able to do the work we do. Their, their Chester Hill Produce Auction, um, their ability to move food makes our mission possible, really it does. And we work well together, we work really well together. And then as I mentioned, ACENET, you know, um, we're in their offices, they build and provide the infrastructure that's necessary for both CFI and Rural Action to do their work. But then if I was to move out in concentric circles, I would say that our next closest partners are the Department of Health, the CHC program and the work we do with you know, many aspects, gardening, food access, they're an integral partner in our veggie van project. So the Department of Health and then Live Healthy Appalachia, who is also involved in the Appalachian Accessible Food Network and their partnership in um, nutrition and, and, and taking that, that healthy local food and creating it and making it into meals. Um, we partner with them with both the CHC, which is Department of Health. We partner with them with the Hunger Prevention Coalition. There's some new partnerships coming up with them, hopefully. But yeah, Live Healthy Appalachia. And then, you know, moving out beyond that, there's Jobs and Family Services that we've really started working with since COVID-19 onset. And HAPCAP, who we're currently um, moving some HAPCAP funds, you know, from the produce auction and the farmer's market to pantries, an increasing list of pantries. The schools. You know, I, there, there's just such a list. Work with the master gardeners. We work with so many folks in the community. Um, and I think that's really what makes CFI great and what has helped to really 
keep us going is that there truly is, um, you know, a hunger prevention network here in Athens. Right. I think too, you know, we could not do the work we do without local funders. We have really been loved and supported really by our local funders. And I'm again, looking back in the history, knowing that we were going to talk about this, you know, there were Athens Foundation funding, Athens County Foundation funding as long ago as 1999. So, you know, we just really celebrate and are grateful for all the people, all the funding organizations that have believed in the work that um, CFI does. Yeah, I mean, that's so true. When we talk about who are our partners, I really should have prefaced it by saying it depends what aspect of the programming you're talking about. You know, very different partners for Donation Station than there are for gardens and, you know, with SEO Food Link and Nourishing Networks, our partners are our community-based organizations, large and small, our pantries. Um, OU is increasingly a partner, both in our programming and in our access to volunteers and interns. Yeah, there's, there's a whole list. And I really realized that one of the projects that we're working on is mapping um, our network. And one of my questions was, who do you partner with? And, you know, there's like 50 people on that list, <laughs> uh, 50 organizations. Um, yeah. So no one should feel left out if you haven't been mentioned. Because <laughs> right. and that's a good with point. The region. Yeah. Yeah. When we talk about partnerships, you know, we have been talking about organizations, but I would say that there is enormous contribution and partnership with individuals in Athens County, community members who donate to the donation station every week or donate their garden surplus to the donation station. So it really is individuals as well who who support financially or, or with produce or just with partnership. But it, it does come down to just about everybody. Yeah, they're all about our relationships too. Yeah. I mean, one of our major funders I'm having lunch with in about two hours. So, I mean, that just says a lot about how unique this, this program is. I am though gonna rattle off just a quick list of some partners that people might not know about. <laughs> we partner with GoodWorks, we partner with Hawking College, we have Hopewell Health, Integrated Services, Monday Lunch, all the pantries, Salvation Army, a Southeastern Ohio Food Bank, the FAR. It, it's a meal site, a Thursday night meal site in, in Nelsonville, Ohio. We've partnered with the Gathering Place to, for meal preparation. Um, the Hive, which is the children's program, um, part of Integrated Services in Nelsonville. Um, United Seniors, I mean, all right, I should stop now. It's <laughs> <laughs> another hour, right? <laughs> another podcast. Just right. a partner. Partner podcast, yes. <laughs> it sounds like Community Food Initiatives does a lot of work with a lot of people. What makes the work of Community Food Initiatives itself unique? Well, I think the collaboration is unique in that the work that CFI does is really an invitation to everybody in the community to solve a local issue. I mean, that, that's unique, and that is something that I think most people are looking for. They want a way to be a part of their community and make a difference. And so that's an invitation, an open invitation, a loving invitation, even, if you will, um, that CFI offers people to make a difference in their community. And I think also something that makes CFI unique in that invitation is also asking people to come and be a part of the solution of this equity issue. So I, 
I don't know how many organizations actually engage the people who are affected by the issue. CFI is like a nothing about us without us. So it's an invitation to solve the local inequities. I think people are drawn to that. Yeah, I would agree. And on so many levels too. So, you know, about a year ago, we did a survey to test the temperature and see what people thought about how is CFI doing? Where could we improve? It was part of our strategic plan, but it went out not just to other organizations like the partners that I've mentioned, but it went out to other people. You know, I should mention that if you donate to CFI, your first $25 makes you a member and you get invited to our member meeting, which, you know, it was canceled this year. It's a face-to-face meeting, a large meeting potluck with everyone involved. Those voices aren't too small. We listen. And if we're hearing a common theme, then whether it's, you know, should you should be doing this type of program or why don't you try that? We're open to it. And that extends to the staff as well. I think that is part of what makes CFI unique is that all our voices count. Um, as an executive director, I try not to run a dictatorship. I try and run a more horizontal <laughs> form of, of, of organizing and, and planning. The voices of the community help to make CFI unique for sure. I think another thing and what really drew me in was, um, you know, I've done a lot of research and a lot of reading about anti-hunger movement, about food pantries and hunger prevention. And the fact that CFI focuses on purchasing as difficult as it is sometimes from local food producers, local farmers, you know, small businesses and distributes that. We could access food for less cost other places, but we do our best to pay as much as we can to purchase this food because that helps to ultimately begin to solve the problem of hunger in the region. If more people are making more money, we're also committed to paying $15 for entry-level wage. That is another thing that I think is important to really helping to address the root causes of hunger. And that makes CFI unique, in my opinion, for sure. So I guess you've mentioned that CFI feels that really no voice is too small and we want to hear from everyone in our community when we're addressing issues of food justice. And I'm just wondering what you feel that food justice means to the region of Southeast Ohio. What does food justice look like? Thinking about all the history of CFI and all the work that's been done and been evolving over the past 30 some years. Hey Ruth, maybe you could go first since I'm the outsider. (laughs) Okay, no. I, you know, it's interesting and I appreciate the fact that we can recognize that our region is not every region. We're not Columbus, Ohio. We're not Charleston, West Virginia. We're not pick your big city. And I think that there are advantages to that being a small community that has really had to learn to depend on itself. I, I heard many years ago I've been, I've been in Athens County about 35 years. And early on, I heard somebody say, well, nobody is coming to save us. No, no big entity is like going to sweep down and solve all of our problems for us. So I, I think that whether that's spoken or unspoken in Athens County, I think it really does speak to the fact that we're gonna solve our own issues and that we, we can be responsible for taking care of each other and, and we can have the biggest impact because we know our community, right? And, and the people who, who need the resources that CFI can share are the experts in how we can help them. And so that capacity that CFI has to listen 
uh, to communities and, and shared decision-making and effort, I think makes food justice in this region unique. I think we can do it. I think we have a confidence and a commitment and compassion for everybody in Athens County and want everyone to have the same access as everybody else does. Yeah, I would agree with all of that. You know, um, I come with this perspective of having been here, what, 18 months, close to 18 months. And all the stories you hear about Appalachia, you hear about this region. And while some of them are true, that a lot of the resources have been sucked out of the region for gaining wealth for folks outside the region, there certainly is wealth of other kinds here in this region. The people that I've met in the smallest of towns are, man, they're determined, they're hardy, they're fighting all kinds of things, you know, the closure of mines, subs high substance rates of substance abuse, um, but still they persist. And I think overcoming those barriers, um, and this is why I'm so committed to programming beyond delivering food to meet immediate needs of hunger, but that the true justice is in leveling the playing field so that these small towns and cities can grow their own solutions. And so I would say that ultimately that's what food justice in the region means to me, is that resources that have been taken out, you know, the funds, the good jobs, um, all of that, there needs to be um, a way that we can empower folks to begin to, to build their own food systems. Food justice is always important, and we're in an especially difficult time right now. I'm wondering how has the work of CFI been essential during the time of COVID-19? Well, I think if COVID had a slogan, it would be <laughs> something like, now what are you going to do? Or, or <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me see how you're going to figure that out. Because I think it's a call to action for innovation. I mean, it's terrible as the situation is because it's been an economic and health disaster. And nobody's going to say that that's not true. But I think it has really created this creative response, this innovative response to how, you know, how can, how can we do things differently so that we can still meet the needs of our community? I, and, and that's just not, that's just not us, right? That's everybody's having to figure out a new way. Every business has had to figure out a new way of sharing what they do. And CFI is no different. You know, I think CFI has been really responsive to understanding the need to get more food to more people. I think now more than ever, we're seeing, I think the need is more obvious to the community. So yeah, I think we've done a pretty good job. I think CFI's done a really good job of responding to the need in new and innovative ways. Take it away, Marianne. <laughs> um, well, you, the question you asked was, how has the work of CFI been essential during COVID-19? And I would have to pull that back to that list of people that I was rattling off. You know, we had this hunger prevention coalition that has now just sort of morphed and doubled in size. Um, the only credit that CFI can take in that is myself and my staff said, wow, we've got to get people together 
And so we called everyone to the table from superintendent of schools to, you know, senior services. And we had several meetings at the beginning of COVID saying, what are we going to do? And so our response wasn't the work of CFI specifically. What we did was try and help bring people together. And then things took off. We had Chef Becky from Pork and Pickles. We had Katie Mosier come together with LHA, who found a funder. We had the Nelsonville Dinner, all sorts of partners. We had people step up as leaders that were unexpected leaders. And that response cut down our response time, as Ruth said, in making the changes that needed to be made and how we um, were able to get food out and continue to get food out and then get more food out to the pantries and other partners. And that list of partners continued to grow. Um, we saw similar things happen with the way the schools were able to adapt and get, and get meals to students through this, keeping the school buses and the drivers and the aides on the road. And so that all speaks to that solid foundation um, that the region has with food and with partnerships. And yeah, it was a lot of work. And the person who could really speak to that work would be Susie Hooser, our donation station director, because she quickly had to arrange a no contact distribution for our pantries. We went from moving $100 of food to $1,000 of food a week. Just tremendous increase at the same time. It took more staff, more volunteers. We had to move a lot of our programs, the Nourishing Network program. We quickly, we were scheduled to start like two or three weeks after the onset of COVID. We had to move those dates and then learn how to do that online. So I'm going to end it by saying that some of those things that we did, the changes we made, um, you know, with our seed distribution, our plant distribution, are things that we're going to keep, things that we learned that have streamlined our processes. So I guess the, the silver lining is there was a lot that was learned having to, as we said, adapt and, and, and move quickly to respond during the time of COVID, not just in our delivery of food, but in all of our programming. So yeah, things have changed. I'm sure they're going to continue to change. And I think Ruth will probably back me up on that one being a Department of Health person. <laughs> It sounds like nothing's going to stand in your way. Well, thank you both so much. It sounds like there's a lot more change to come. And speaking of Susie, we're actually looking forward to hearing from her in this podcast. That should be very exciting. Thanks for stopping by and talking with us about community food initiatives in the history. And we look forward to interacting with you both again. Thanks a lot. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks so much. Have a good Bye, day, Ruth. guys. Bye. Bye, Marianne. Nice to see you, Ruth. <laughs> good to see you.